0: Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Ladies and gentlemen, I surprise you again here on a Thursday. Yeah, as always, my commitment to this podcast... Is Off The Hook. Um, today I've interviewed three people already today for the future of this podcast. And they have been bloody gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, busy day. A day off work is a podcast day for me. Uh, so I like to graft on the day off, you know. When I say graft, I mean, talk to people on a microphone. Well, it's not like... Proper graft. It's very enjoyable, and again, thanks for everybody for joining us uh, for the podcast. I know last week created a bit of a buzz. I'll we'll let this Monday just go on with, with Lee McFarlane, manager of Andrew Cushing, friend of Noah Gallagher. Uh, a lot of people um, just. It's still going on today. There's loads of people enjoying it and sharing it and that kind of stuff so if you're brand new to the podcast ladies and gentlemen thank you for all of the chairs and your likes and all that kind of stuff uh, we're here again for another show with a brand new band ladies and gentlemen called shooting galleries that i want to introduce you all to okay so yeah as we roll on we move forward to our uh straight our target on um, youtube of a thousand subscribers that'd be nice we are... I think we've had about 25 already this week. Which is an all-time lie. Uh, lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. It's an all-time high. <laughs> Funny. Uh, and we have already got a, uh, an amazing guest for you coming up on Monday. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed the podcast, wherever you've heard us, if you've been around for a while, hello. We very much appreciated you guys. We'll never forget you guys. If you're brand new, Take a seat. Hello friend. And welcome to another edition of the podcast where me, Carl Maloney, I'm an Aussie bastard, right? I like to go around and find out what's going on in this music industry of ours. So I go around and have honest chats with loads of different bands and then introduce them to you over the microphone here in Podcast World. And as always, if you want to see our lovely faces, don't do chat in. Uh, it's available over on YouTube too. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to introduce you to a new band from London now, right? All right. Uh, they're called Shooting Galleries. And we've got Brandon, Iggy, Brad, Ross, Jimmy can't make it. And Brad's got an exclusive for you later on in the podcast as well, all right, guys? So, let's get to know them, eh? Take it away, boys.
1: Hello, Hi. I'm Brad. I play the bass.
0: <laughs> go on, okay.
2: <laughs> 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 right.
0: This is a crap question. Go on then, let's do it anyway. <laughs>
2: um Yep, yeah, my name's Ross, I play drums. Yeah, ma'am. I'm Brandon
3: and I'm the singer. Oh yeah. I'm Iggy and I'm the lead guitarist.
0: Right, okay, boys. So so you've so you've started in music. So how long has the band been going? But,
3: uh, two just two, two years. Yeah.
4: yeah. Um it's there's been far. sort of like different formations of it. So mm-hmm. initially Iggy, Brad, and Jimmy who's not with us today, mm-hmm. were part of a band. Before this, okay. then I joined um, a couple of months after when they ousted the last singer, <laughs> 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 um, ostracised him. And
0: who who did that? I... Who did that? You?
4: Oh,
3: no, no, no! no. Uh, I, I I just joined. Me, yeah, so, that yeah. was me and me and Brad can, uh, can say yeah. I was can say that we we had something that had to be done. Okay. To bring this lovely guy in.
0: Okay. Okay. And now, I'm, um, now I'm intrigued. So, so what? Yeah. So, so, so what? So what happened then?
1: We we used to be in a band called the
3: Phantoms,
1: the uh, Phantoms, okay. but um, just didn't really work out with the singer for many different reasons. So he had to go. We had to yeah. get Brandon in, and he's been a much better replacement. Oh, thank you. man. Just
0: one example Think why it weren't working out, just so it could be a little bit specific. Then I'll let you move past.
3: Oh, Do you want to say it? Just be honest. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. just let's just go with he. Cannot sing to save him his life. <laughs> well, <that's quite> <laughs> as much, you know, for the main thing that we're looking from a singer, he couldn't do the one thing we really needed him okay. to do. Okay, and that was wow. so. We sort of just, yeah, <laughs> didn't get rid of him.
2: Oh, um, as I joined as I joined last, I never got the pleasure or displeasure of meeting this singer. So I've just okay. got all I've got is these kind of tales of him, you know. And it's, uh, <laughs> everyone just ends up with a massive laugh. So yeah. <laughs>
0: oh no that's all good so this is the kind of stuff we like to talk about you know the real stuff you know ever it's always good to be honest people engage with the with with us as podcasters and you as musicians i suppose if you are honest um how how do you what what, one of my pet hates with with bands at the minute particularly on social media is that they they all kind of see a band doing something and then kind of um kind of follow it and do the same kind of thing it's all it's all a bit stale and boring on the social media uh, mm-hmm. at the minute people just seem to be doing the same thing the announce an announcement uh, it could everybody knows it's going to be a fucking gig or a single coming out do you, do you, yeah. know, do you, know, do you know what i mean it, it's the, the 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 creativity within social media for bands feels a little bit stale for me how does it feel for you guys and I, i'm not i'm not on about you guys specifically i'm on about in general here as well just to be clear
4: well, I think we had a conversation about this the other day. I mean, like, social media is a kind of double-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, it's so great in the sense of your sort of netting of audience is so much wider now than it used to be. But on the other side of that, it's so much wider than it used to be, which means that you've got, like, y- you lose actual musicians and actual music in the mire of just nonsense that you have to put out because you have to be posting so many posts a day, the algorithm to work, you need to have so much organic reach for the algorithm to work. So there's so many artists that are kind of going under the radar at the moment, uh, simply because they aren't having that reach and aren't having this kind of prescribed social media they're supposed to have. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm I'm kind of in your camp. I I do agree. It's it's. On so, one I'm, hand, it's benefited everyone, but on the other hand, it's, it's taken away from the kind of nature of what art is about. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm so bored of band saying, uh, you, you, you're not going to believe the announcement at six o'clock tomorrow. And I'm just like, we, <laughs> I, 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 I bet you I, I know exactly <laughs> yeah. what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, huge announcement. Yeah, tomorrow, yeah, yeah, tune, yeah. In, tune
4: in. Yeah, yeah,
0: all, all, all yeah it's, just, it's, it's quite old-fashioned in a way. And I, I, I'm still seeing it quite a lot. And um, yeah, I'm a bit bored of that. So, how, how do you guys try and, like, be individual and do your own thing online? What do you guys do?
2: I uh, I really try, I mean, I I generally I take a little stance where I'll try and post a little snippet of something we do or really sort of like a yeah. key moment as part of our live shows. You know, our live show really is kind of what defines us. It's, the, it's where we can yeah. really engage with the audience. Yeah. So, I'll generally sort of pick a clip that's been filmed by, you know, someone and kind of really try and show off that way, whether it's someone jumping around or it's a massive breakdown or yeah. it's a... Mad drum part or something. So mm. I'd really try and give the you know give that kind of feel of what it's like for us as a live band because that yeah. kind of entices people to come down and watch.
0: Yeah. So this algorithm you mentioned how how do you, how do you really know that you need to post x amounts a day and do all these things? How do you really know that, or have you heard it from other people saying it?
3: Well, it's it's a bit of a sort of you can see it being quite evident with 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 who you see most of the time when you go onto social media right. it's all the people who show up the most are always the people yeah. who post the most yeah. and really try to take advantage of just here's here's a ridiculous amount of content for you to watch even if you only see 10 percent of my content you've seen who i am yeah okay Oh, yeah, I, I suppose
4: i suppose it's a thing of like if you throw enough shit at a wall some of it will stick but <laughs> yeah wall's still covered in shit
1: you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i
4: mean and like that that's where it kind of boils down to the moment like we're reaching out to labels and we're reaching out to management and things yeah. like that and like some some of the questions they ask are what's your following like yeah. how many people you follow like how? Yeah. so so now because it's, it's become about the end result rather than the product itself. Yeah. It's more about how marketable are you mm. than actually what is the art or music you're making, you know? Mm. So this is why I think it's kind of social media is great in the sense of it connects us all, but at the same time, if you're not producing results, or if you can't, you know, they can't foresee you pres- producing mm. results in the long run, then they won't waste their time with you. So this is why it's a kind of double-edged sword, as I said, you know?
0: Mm. No, it's, it's it's an interesting one I was speaking to. Someone on a podcast the other day. Uh, and it was just about algorithms and stuff like that. And I, I see bands talk about algorithms a lot. And I, I, I don't think it's something you, you really need to be that bothered about if you're not selling thousands of tickets and that kind of stuff you quite yet. Yeah. I think, I think you need to have an established fan base that's coming to see you quite often for for an algorithm to even kick in and 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 th- that's just a guess that's just what i think uh, but, but and i see bands use algorithms and excuses for things as well and I, um i, I just I, I just don't think the algorithm's that important yet at, particularly at the beginning of a or the really early stages of a band you know get, getting into getting out there in the world
2: you say that we do we do generally find that uh depending yeah. on what time of that di- of the day that we post yeah. that we will actually get more engagement at different periods of the to- yeah. of the day so when yeah. we when we use the word algorithm it's kind of that as well you know we're kind of if you're yeah. going to be posting at one o'clock in the morning when everyone's asleep there's a you know, high chance that yeah. you're going to be missed yeah. that's the kind of i think they're the, they're the kind of when we use that word that's kind of what we're sort yeah, of we we're what we're okay. referring to really yeah.
0: what, what kind of time of days like work out better for you guys then for when you when you do uh, it
4: Oh, was weird. I read I read an article about this, and it was an I think this is the Huffington Post. It was sort of some fucking obscure. American paper, oh. but it was talking about how like Tuesday lunchtime is the perfect time to post mm. anything because people have got the they've just got over the hump of Monday. Yeah. And then on Tuesday they're kind of scrolling through because they want that like dopamine hit and engagement, and then also Thursday afternoons are good one because people are hyped up for the weekend. So, mm. so like the human brain is fucking mental. <laughs> right? yeah. So trying to quantify when's the best time? Yeah. I mean, people much smarter than me are sitting there around with chalkboards. Yeah. Been working, but but I think usually it's kind of at in the afternoon, early evening. So people are finished and clocked out from work. Yeah. They're on their commute home. They're trying to, you know, fill their their commute with some some sort of content, and then that's yeah. the kind of good time to attack. If anything, post nine o'clock, people are winding down, so they don't really want to do it. Yeah. Um Anything in the morning, people are getting ready for their their life, so like they miss it then. So it's weird. You've got to try and work out. The windows of the human condition. <laughs> like this is well, what I was saying. So when we say about the algorithm, that's it. That's what we're trying to yeah. talk about. suppose. Well,
0: one thing I, I did see the other day on Facebook. And if it, do you ever use Facebook, uh, the the scheduler for posts on Facebook? Uh,
4: no, I've, I've just used it for on Instagram for scheduling yeah. a post, for like midnight when our I, song came out. I
0: think it's a really new thing on it, and I haven't really played with it yet. It, it does come up with it, it. Tell it suggests a time. For the people that follow you, it suggests a time that they're most active on it now,
4: oh, wow. which I'll see. Oh, wow. So I, I,
0: I need to have a little play with that and, and see if it's right or not, because it it might just be better for Facebook's advertising. Then I, I don't I don't want to be fooled yeah. into their bullshit, if you know what I mean. I, I, I want to like I'm a bit cynical about that kind of stuff. But I, for, I, sure. I, for RGM, I tend to put some out at eight o'clock, either half ten. Half twelve for dinner times, half two if I've got enough content that day, half four for yeah. people that are just finishing work and they're just having a look on the phone, having a scroll, and half six for people when they've had the tea. So that, that's the yeah. kind of times that I put on. I don't tend to put an eight o'clock sometimes if if I've got enough content out that, that, that day that we be putting six, six, seven things out. So it, it's yeah. we're all guessing, really. We don't really know, do we? No, nobody
4: knows. <laughs> But there's a thing as well. Brad was saying about so obviously you work out whether you need to pay for kind of advertising on news like Facebook yeah. or, or Instagram stuff like that. And what they do is they hamstring you. So once you're once you're uh, allotted amount of credit
0: mm.
4: and your post has been paid for whatever, whatever, then they reduce the amount of people you organically see you and find you yeah. so that you then buy into paying more and more and more. And this is like a, a proven thing. So like once you've bought into it, it's like that first initial hit, then your boost goes up and people, yeah. you, you, oh,
0: you right. Okay.
4: and then, and then once that runs out, then they reduce it purposefully. So then you buy into it again. And it's that kind of like, it's almost like a drug dealer, isn't it? Like, you know, you buy, you're buying into that so cyclical behavior of buying people to see you. Yeah. So the question then comes down to, do you initially do that? And then have that initial yeah. spike in reach, or do you not do it and do it organically, but then not have as much reach. So do you know what I mean there's there's got to be some sort of like happy medium? I think
0: I, I have I have tried spending some money on advertising, and I did, it didn't really it didn't really work. You've got to target a certain amount of people. You've, you've got to do it right if you're going to do it it's the main thing yeah so you've got to know exactly what keywords to use for the people that are going to find you somehow so it's not I mean, yeah. it's not as just as easy as to put sticking on an a tenner on it and thinking you know it's going to fly because it won't because it depends on how you yeah. how you what you the settings that you've put behind the the targeting and on it and it as well so it's not it's a minefield out there trying to get your name out there isn't it lads
4: oh 100 <laughs> percent
0: it's interesting yeah. though
4: yeah well i mean like and, and it works out as well so we we paid for um promotion on we we did a little promo video of of swan's song our latest song it's just like a 40 second clip essentially Mm. giving you know key details and and trying to maneuver people to our to our instagram Mm. and going through and selecting the countries and the places that you know you you target specifically i clicked america that's what I was saying too broad because obviously the amount of people in America and the amount of reach already just clicking America on its own is just too broad. Yeah. So then, like, we have to go through and be like, well, what countries enjoy, you know, hard rock alternative rock and whatever mm. or the scandinavian countries and like clicking denmark and yeah. so like this is this is what it's come down to now it's like there's a weird <laughs> yeah. science attached to like yeah. putting music out do you know yeah. what i mean which realistically would probably put a lot of artists off yeah. you know
0: yeah no i can't get it well uh who really knows with social media? We all just have a go at it, don't we? And have a play about it, I suppose. And let's just share yeah. it. People are watching this and, you know, comment in the description below and let us know what your tips are. And we'll just help each other out and work it all out. I think people watching this it would be a good thing. You know? Yeah, we, we know?
4: work it out until like, you know, they take AI and,
0: takes over. How do you feel about AI coming your way?
4: Oh, well, I've, I watched something the other day about um, do you see like AI Cartman, uh, Cartman from oh. Soap Park singing songs? Because obviously
3: they just put into an AI. Generally. Yeah, they've done that oh, with no, loads right. of yeah. They've done <laughs> loads of characters singing, it's, it's, but they've even just boring. replaced the whole artist with completely different new artists. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I heard uh, I heard Metallica with with Chester Bennington from Linkin Park, oh, and yeah. I heard like Metallica, like James Hetfield from from Ride Lightning on sort of like Hardwire self destruct album. Oh, so it's yeah. like you know his voice has just been generated. It's just insane to listen to. It almost oh, yeah. takes the musicianship away from sort of you know what's human about music, doesn't it? Really? Yeah,
0: totally. It's, it's definitely something to to you know. To, I I've started to use AI for quite a lot of things for our gem like making reels and stuff from YouTube videos. Um, it's like that's just like in seconds you can create them, and that saves me loads of time. So those type of things, I just think is great. <laughs> but um, actually, like doing human things, like writing stuff, or I'm not going anywhere near that kind of stuff because I just don't think it's right.
4: Well, they, they, I mean, like technology is always. Do you know about the the curve? They talk about the the technology curve. Go on. So Go on. Ba- so basically, since the, there's a graph plotted where. From the dawn of like civilization, mm-hmm. you know, some like Iron Age, Stone Age, whatever, and and time is is on the vertical, yeah. technology is on on the horizontal. I uh, it did this, so like you know, Stone Age, Iron Age, Bronze Age, Industrial Le- Revolution, it yeah. it spikes again and whatever. But now we're at the point in humanity where it's parallel, like the time goes on and like technology being produced is. is like just in line essentially with what's happening because every day there's something more amazing, amazing, fantastical being produced. But then that that indicates that one day the curve <laughs> is going to bend back the other way. Do you know what I mean? Like all yeah. it would take is a solar flare, for example, yeah. and the world is fucked. Like, I mean, the banks are down, like music's down, AI's down, everything that we now yeah. base our life on, it means we go back that way. So Well, that's something to look AI- forward
0: to, isn't it? Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> Why no, no, I've, I've got nothing on on Thursdays. Well <laughs> yeah, I know. That. Yeah, but
0: I'll, I'll have a big flare up and uh, get into that. I'd yeah, yeah. Be,
2: well, be interested to know about uh, yeah. you know if we're ever at band practice trying to write a song or something. You know, maybe if, yeah. sometimes we have a bit of creative sort of where it doesn't work out so well. I wonder if we could ever use AI for that. You know, yeah, AI suggest us a, that's a guitar riff or yeah. you know something like that. I don't even know if that would work. I, uh, yeah, I've, I've I seen people write songs like that.
0: They really? really? Yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, you gosh. get an AI to write a whole, whole new song for you. Yeah. yeah. My gosh. AI do my podcast
2: for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. Let's go for a pint and
0: we'll just leave computers rolling. Yeah. <laughs> like it. Like it. So let's rewind a little bit then. So talk us through um, your, your journey into music then boys. So um, before the band started and previous bands and that kind of stuff, just go around the room a little bit and talk about how you got into music yourselves personally.
3: First. yeah i can go first um i think i actually got into music quite late i've always been into mm. sport for most of my life i would say around when i was finishing my gcse so that's like 16 years old i just i was just at my mate's house i was uh he he's been playing guitar all his life yeah. and i just picked it up and i just went go and then teach me something really simple and he just taught me to play seven nation army which is one of the most simple things yeah, but two the biggest things that you can play yeah. So I just did that and I was like, do you know what, it's actually quite fun. So I asked my dad to get me a guitar. I've got a really, this really crappy guitar, this really crappy amp. And I just started mm-hmm. going on YouTube, learning songs, reading tabs and whatever. Mm-hmm. Never really taken any lessons, sort of just seeing what I can find online, free mm-hmm. and whatever. And then since then, it's just been it's been like this little obsession that's just taken over my life and ended up with me just going, well, I can just do this for the rest of my life and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, no, nice one. <laughs>
4: Anyone else? Uh, so yeah, let's, let's work our way through this way, probably well, make that. it easier. Um, so I, I, I'm an actor as well. I'm an actor and musician. So, like, since since a kid, I've been in sort of like musicals or, uh, you know, theater and, and, and what have you. So, music and and acting and, and performance has kind of been like synonymous with me since since I was really really young. Yeah. Um. But music for me has always kind of screamed out more. I think the, the example I used to give when I was in, I went to drama school and when, um, people would ask me, what would you prefer to be an actor or a musician? I'd always say, like a musician, I want to be in a band. I want to do this. And that's because an actor can have a f- fantastic performance, but nine times out of 10, they're using somebody else's language. Somebody else has written the script for them. They, you know, that, that's, they're, they're a vessel for somebody else's work. Whereas I think in the band, especially because I'm the lyricist as well, I mean, to, to be on stage and to be sort of harnessing what you've written and that emotion and those thoughts and and using that on stage with, with, you know, four of your brothers, five of your brothers, then there's no better feeling in the world than that because that's you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So um, my, my journey into music is that I've always been very, very musical Um Initially I loved rap. I love poetry. I love rap. Mm-hmm. Um we we actually went to a book yeah. last night with we both went band. He's <laughs> shout there out to B. Dolan. Yeah. If anyone anyone listening to the podcast, go and check out B. Dolan, he's fucking incredible. Yeah. Um and I think it's the use of the language and the and the poetry kind of drove me to to want to be a a lead singer and, and and a vocalist, you know. Um
0: yeah. You? So were you were yeah. nightmare, nightmare banging pots and pans then, Ross, what is is that how it started?
2: Um, well, yeah, I can get on to that. So my, uh, <laughs> my dad was a drummer, so I, oh, I picked nice up the drums for, because of him, really. Um, he, used to, you know, he was into his uh, 80s hair metal, his Motley Crue, his Kiss, his Guns and Roses, and we used to drive around when I was younger. And i just start t- tapping on my legs, like you say, you know, like just doing no. the beats. And then I started getting lessons when I was about 12 for about five or six years. And then, um, yes, I joined a band, like a punk band when I was 17, with them for about two years. And then I joined like a metal band after that, and then sort of took four years away traveling and come back yeah. to England from. I met these guys a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I, I, growing up, I had a drum kit in my room, which was, uh, yeah, my neighbors hating me for that. Yeah, and um, my mum was, yeah, my mum was, you know, shout out to my mum for sort of, you know, being. Being there while I was practicing and getting <laughs> my grooves on and stuff. And yeah, just um just falling fall I've sort of fell out of love with drums and then I've fallen back in love with it now. Yeah. So it's kind of something I'm really good at and it's something I really enjoy doing. And yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been it's been great to get back involved with drums.
0: What, um what made, you just be part of again. what made you fall out of love with them?
2: Uh, so during my mid twenties, I, I, I wanted to travel, you know, my desire to oh, travel you went the world. Away, right. Was, yeah, you. yeah, Yeah, So yeah, that, that was higher than my desire to play music at that time. I mm-hmm. spent like two years in Australia and I went all through India and Southeast Asia. Nice. Um, you can't really bring a drum kit with you in a backpack. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. uh, so yeah, you know, I, maybe I could have picked up the ukulele or something, but no, that was, um, that was kind of why, um, why that didn't happen. So yeah. coming back home and getting back into it is, is something that I kind of was looking to do. Yeah. And yeah, have done.
0: Yeah, fair enough, man. And
2: so i've I've always been
1: into music. I don't remember a point where it hasn't been a thing that I wanted to do. So studied that all through, you know, growing up, go to school, go to college, go to uni, study sound engineering, and all that. Ended up doing being the sound guy, the guy on the desk at the back of the gigs for small oh. venues in Birmingham.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Realized very quickly that that's you know, you get a lot of people shouting and screaming at you, I want more gain, I want more distortion, yeah. and you're like, I can't do it. You know, you're at your max. Yeah. <laughs> so one day I was doing a gig for one night, and I thought, fuck this, I want to be on the stage. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So as soon as I finished studying, packed up my shit, moved to London and joined what was uh, the start of the Phantoms. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, it, so it's always a singer, in it? They always want more in the monitors, don't they, every, every time.
1: Always. Don't matter what you it sounds like. It, it, them, you it, it might sound
0: risk. perfect, but they still want more, don't they? Always. I'm, I'm quite reserved. I'm quite happy to
4: have whatever gets given to me. To be honest, uh, we're, we're not we're you, like, I weren't on about
0: you, mate. I'm just talking in general.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: me, me too. Me too. Well, <laughs> so, what's what is the music scene like in London at the minute? And I presume London has different pockets of communities with it being so big and all the different boroughs and all the different areas where where, where you can find loud music talk us through because you know I've only been on London just doing silly things like getting drunk and just having a good time down there I, I have I've never I've never lived there what's it like living there and what's the community like for for bands at the minute in London
4: I think I think it varies depends I mean like you can tell if you pick a borough, so if say Camden, for example, yeah. Camden's very kind of like hard rock, classic rock, kind of alternative rock. Where that? That's that borough. But then if you pick somewhere like Shoreditch and sort of like East London, then there's kind of lots of shoegazy indie stuff. Or mm-hmm. so I think it 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 genuinely depends on where you play. And obviously, we're at the point now, sort of careers where we're we're put onto bills with people. Sometimes it doesn't even match up. Like, uh, we're we're doing a gig for this feeling um, on the 16th in Water Rats. And we've played with this feeling before. And I think we're kind of their wild card. Because lots of the people that we play with are kind of that, uh, you know, Jerry Cinnamon, uh, early Stone Roses, kind of that, that, you know, football lads music, like Mm. Oasis Bird, like that ilk. And then we come on, and then we do yeah. some sort of like alternative rock yeah. hardcore bits and bobs, yeah, so the lineup is just blown apart because we don't really fit in. Do you know what I mean yeah okay so it it really does depend on where you play I think and where, where really
0: does uh, do you, do you find that in general it's just uh, as you know a band of your genre do you find it harder to to get? gigs where the lineups are similar because i i know what it's like from a promoter point of view you know it's yeah it's very difficult to get four different bands on a lineup to to fit perfectly to and to keep everybody happy it's just it's not possible from that side as well is it
4: well yeah this this is this is why it's kind of difficult um our producer chris chris hope he we've been up uh, back and forth to the where he lives. And that's where we recorded um, Swan song. She mm-hmm. just come out and yeah. we were back and forth recording some more stuff. And Chris basic, basically summed it up by saying, uh, there's nobody like you around at the moment, which is great. Yeah. But the downside is there's, no like there's nobody there's like you. Like, yeah. How do you fit on a bill of people that there's nobody like you to me? Because our like our music tastes as as yeah. individuals is so broad. And that's why it's kind of shooting galleries itself is kind of a smelting pot of music taste and genre. So... It's it, it's our boom but also at the same time it's our
2: downfall. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, when when you uh, when when you mentioned London, like the music scene, like just in my experience, like yeah. you know, I was playing in bands sort of thirteen, fourteen years ago, and a lot of the venues that were around then are completely shut down now. Yeah. And even even driving here today from you know I live in East London, I was driving around up to North London to get here. And there's a venue that I play called The Standard in Walthamstow. And it's just completely been balls, that ball, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been yeah. knocked over. I literally drove past here today outside Black Horse Road Station. Mm. So there's actually, he said to you, I'd probably say as, as a musician, it's probably never been more challenging like to find places or at least find new places to play because everything's mm. just closing up, um, which is a shame. It's a, it's a real shame. And I'm, Actually, sure, it's like that all over the country, actually.
0: I don't think that's just just the, no, no, it's, no, no. just London. Uh, uh, well, uh, it's, I've been in bands for years, and I always see bands get excited about a gig in in, in the big smoke because they think it's going to be full of music industry and that kind of stuff as well, um, yeah. when it never really turns out that way either. There don't seem to be as many soldiers uh, out there for the from the big boys searching at the minute as well. They, they, they'll probably sat at home, Trying to find a band that's got a good algorithm or something like that, and, say, and not go out and see people live as well. So, uh, do, do you well, do you find like industry people out at, at London gigs and stuff? Do, how, how do you see that?
4: Well, so quite recently we've um, we've been in touch with. I've got a friend called Taylor mm. Taylor David and He's a music lawyer and he works for Sheridans. He's a Swansea boy like me, so I've known him mm. way way back. And he obviously does the sort of PR side of things and A&R, and we've had discussions about where's the best place to be seen, when's the best time to be seen, all these conversations, you know. And he said that basically, like, A&R work Monday to Thursday. Their whole job, Monday to Thursday evenings, is going to gigs and seeing mm-hmm. gigs. So if you're playing a gig on a Friday and Saturday night, arguably the best nights of the week to go to a gig or to have a gig because everyone get you know, pissed up and have a good laugh, mm-hmm. right? A&R aren't going to be there because their yeah. job is Monday to Thursday. And the last thing they want to do on a Friday and Saturday night is go and do quote-unquote yeah, yeah. work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he was like, Friday and Saturday night, I just spend in with my family. Like That's what I want to do because I, I, I'm at gigs four nights a week. Yeah. So it's hard because if you have a gig on a random Tuesday night, you can guarantee that it's not going to be packed out. It's not going to be that, yeah. that kind of chaotic vibe that you want from the crowd. But if you have that on a Friday or Saturday night where you have that chaotic thing from a crowd, they exactly. aren't going to be there. <laughs> like, is that how, ge- how do you mind? Yeah.
0: Is that general across the board then? Is that just or is that an, an observation of the industry or is that like a, based on a few people they know? Or I'm just trying to think yeah, how, well, how widespread that, that could be.
4: Well, in this meeting he was basically saying that's that's kind of what it is across the board, unless there's yeah. somebody that they really want they're interested yeah, in anyway. Yeah. And that, that that taps back into what's their reach, how many followers they've got, like can they are they marketable? Because then they'll on an on their off night, quote unquote, then they'll go and check out the people because they think, Oh, maybe I can break the next idols or break the next, you know, Yard Act, or do you know what I mean? Like maybe I can be that person to find them. But until you're at that point, they're not going to come and bother. Do you know what I mean? So, like, that's quite disheartening to hear as well. Because as musicians, we all obviously fight for like for Friday and Saturday night because yeah. that's when everyone enjoys themselves on that like, loose. But then there's the you know the he he suggested you know booking out a venue where who, who was the band that he gave the example of? Was it um, was it the No, I wasn't Like he represents Foles. There's a band anyway that I can't remember that he their manager really kind of cracked it because he knew that. Their followers, they could sell out a venue of four hundred people. Say, mm. so what he did was he booked a venue that's two hundred capacity max. So then he sold out two nights. Yeah. Then because of the fear of missing out, people go, "Oh fuck, the two nights sold out." Oh, add an extra night, you know, by popular demand, people want to be a part of it. Mm. So he knew that he could sell four hundred tickets, but because he he booked a smaller venue, nice. packed it out then they end up selling, like, over a 1,000 tickets because this idea of people buying into it. Yeah, so then this taps tap back into what we were saying about, like, algorithm. And I'm not just talking about, kind of, technology either, like the algorithm of humanity, yeah. this idea of, like, fear of missing out. People buy tickets and buy into things because we all want this kind of exclusive experience. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So to think that the, the industries run like that, yeah. It is a bit disheartening, I think.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> it's so clinical. Yeah, that is, that's it. it. It's a good way to do it, though. If you've been, like, like even on a smaller level, if you if you've got two hundred fans and you could do it on an eighty cap oh. venue, can't you? And just give it a go yeah, yourself exactly. and see how it goes. You know, um, yeah, yeah I, like, I like that idea. But the the just going back to the gig at Water Rats on sixteenth of September uh, with this feeling, Dirty Blonde. I've seen them around a lot. They're they're not a, they're they're a decent. They're quite rocky, aren't they? They're quite yeah, they'll fit the older you know, are uh, you main support to Dirty Blonde on that gig?
4: Well, again, it goes back to it's, it's, sales it's, and stuff. But it goes back to kind of like ticket sales and yeah. depend on how many you sell, then that's where you, you sort of yeah. rank on the on the bill is. Um, we have no idea where we are at the moment. Ticket sales have going quite well. um yeah. You know, we we recently played Slim Jims and that was sold out and. Then yeah, you know the the video swan song the, the music video um which came out we we filmed that at Camden Assembly and that yeah, was a sold out gig that, yeah. you know so we we do quite well for ourselves I mean our, our EP launch was at the Dublin Castle and we wanted it there because obviously I like, hope sort of prestigious in folklore it is you know yeah. and that's max capacity 200 and we sold that out there's people actually been turned away at the door when we released our ep yeah. last year you know but i mean like we're we're so grateful and we're so humbled by the fact that so many people want to come and see us because we haven't got management yeah. we haven't got a labor behind us and this is yeah. all off our own back you know mm. so to have that is is amazing um so i think water rats tickets are, are doing well, yeah, do well, well yeah. we we won't know where we are in the lineup until probably a couple
0: of days before, unfortunately. Well, if you're from London and you fancy a night out, I'll put a link in the description of this podcast for people to buy a ticket. as well. You. you know, that's what it's all about. It's what it's all about, isn't it? So, yeah, the the, the new tune, Swan Song, then. So we had the pleasure of featuring it on RGM. Uh, and just reading through a few of the notes on there, it says uh, uh, it's brash and aggressive. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's what it, it really stands out it's bullish and it stands out that kind of stuff so that's the kind of vibe that the reviewer got from your tunes so um you, you talk us through the, the song itself and um how, what it means to you
2: go cool. well that song actually started in this room where we are right now right yeah yes, it started in the cargo yeah. rooms um yeah. i remember just my one memory of that song is what listening to iggy come and said i've got this riff and it's the powerful riff in the second half of the song, and I said that is going to be something. I just remember mm. that was a real moment, and I was like, "Wow, we need that." And it ended up being in Swan Song. Nice. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that or yeah. the writing process,
3: did they yeah, write, did I they...
2: mean, writing wise, it really started with Jimmy coming in with the with
3: the slow one, and we the start, yeah, the start, slow the start. The start riff. and we we knew we wanted it to be like a a I'd say a fairly lengthy uh, lengthy mm. slow slow song yeah, yeah. for, for the beginning and it's a lead into something that's just so explosive and so powerful and so like uh, at the end of it it's just a full stop and it's just all of a sudden everything just explodes mm. so I think we achieved that really really well with with well with the riff that I came in and mm. with everything else that goes on behind it especially with Chris when we went to record he managed to capture it in such a live way yeah. which it isn't overproduced but it still sounds like it's made for your headphones for you to yeah. sort of experience this yeah. thing. Whilst you're you're not just listening to your music, you're sort of like hearing some sort of emotion go off in in each mm. in, in whether it's in Brandon singing or
2: like the guitar part or or whatever's happening on the drums. Yeah, yeah, the, dr- yeah, the drums, generally... especially in the verses, when uh, you really don't, you know, they call it like a sixteenth note, where it's where you really go and hammer for Tongue on the hi-hacks. It was really just to try and push the song forward. Mm. I think we really achieved that well. Yeah, nice. I think this is,
1: Swan Song was probably the first song we recorded that accurately captures what we sound like. Yeah, Our yeah, like yeah. like yeah. live, yeah. sort yeah. of authentic sound. Mm. Yeah.
0: So you kind of found think- your voice with it, really. Kind of found you. Kind of found your voice as a band with this.
4: Yeah, just yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we've released stuff before, and I think mm. Chris, uh, as Iggy just mentioned, you know, he, he he really hits it home that our sound is a live band. Um People kind of come to our gigs and enjoy the. The, the spectacle, as it were, that you feel part of something, you know, and trying to distill that and trying to put that onto a, a, a track, a record, whatever you want to call it, is really hard because you don't want to, you, you don't want to sacrifice that kind of performance element element of it, mm, yeah. or the sound of the on 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 the take. But at the same time, you don't want to just have some sort of like clean cut to take and and lose that. Do you know Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they kind of go hand in hand. And I think Swan Song for me personally is probably the most mature and poignant song that we've kind of well released to date. Yeah. Mm. Um, whether it be the sort of musicality of it, the The lyrics, I think, it's almost like a a, a mini rock opera in one song. I I think that's kind of... It's a journey, and um, Mm. I'm I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of it, and I'm I'm incredibly proud of the work the lights have put in, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a a class song, and I believe, uh, Ross, you've got some exclusive news for us as well today, mate.
2: Ah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think... uh, Well, I guess this would be a podcast exclusive, but... um, I regret to announce that I'll have to be leaving shooting galleries soon. Um, yeah, I'm moving overseas and yeah. I've probably got two or three more gigs left. Um, we've got the one at the Water Rats coming up and we'll, we'll, we'll be announcing another one straight after that. And Perhaps nice. perhaps if I'm lucky, I'll get to play one more time with the boys in December. Nice. But yeah, this will be uh, to anyone listening. I'm, I'm sorry, it's, uh, <laughs> it, but it's um, it's a new chapter in my life. And yeah. um, I wish these boys all the best in finding another drummer after I go. You know, it's uh, it's been been a massive part of my life. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so thankful to have had the experience to play in the band, really.
0: Yeah, well, we wish you all the best, everybody from RGM, on your travels. I, be, I believe you're going travelling again. Yeah, yeah that's nice right, yeah.
2: yeah. So, but... yeah, South America for six months, and then, yeah, we'll see what happens after uh, that.
0: not jealous at all
2: yeah and i won't be i won't be bringing my drum kit. so um, (laughs) uh yeah fair enough it won't won't be able to fit in my backpack
0: i'm afraid oh mate. well we wish you all the best for your travels mate and uh, how do you like is it is it too soon to talk about what you're going to be replacing with is that a cheeky question
4: well no i mean like so this is the thing we've actually shooting galleries we've had ross four uh, four drummers (laughs) yeah we've had four drummers to date yeah um for, for you know, for different reasons they've left. You know, one had a few musical projects on. One's a session musician. One's yeah. a fucking psychopath. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not for legal reasons. I actually can't say his name, but I mean, just know that he's a twat. Um, <laughs> and now we've had Ross, which is to top it all off. You know, like Ross has got. Uh, I, I'm going to get a big dash here, Ross performs which is brilliant like he's got this he's like a labrador in human skin I me <laughs> you know, he's got that like element of quality where people the love up, him
2: the um
4: <laughs> people love him like he's got this such like warmth to him yeah. and his performance is just phenomenal phenomenal mm. so it's, it's a massive kind of loss to shooting galleries um yeah. but obviously we wish him all the best yeah. but in that in that vein about how we're going to replace him maybe someone listening to this would yes. would like to to, go. to jump in, you know? Because otherwise, it's just us trawling through joinmyband.com yeah. <laughs> like, no, I and trying try to
3: find drummers to fit.
0: If you're a drummer in London and you feel you fancy a, a, an audition, how would they contact you? Mm. Instagram, just yeah, just probably direct probably messages. Yeah, probably
4: Instagram is probably just drop us a direct, yeah. you know. Yeah, DM us, um, because we we all run the pages, so yeah. we we're, we're constantly aware of what's coming in and, and out, you know um but yeah please if 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 you are out in london and you are a drummer and you want to be a part of a band that's established and you know we've got some good contacts and hopefully moving on to some bigger things quite soon which we can't really talk about Mm. um please get in touch because it'll save us a lot of trawling through nonsense
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh well lads well i've really enjoyed getting to know you Is is there anything else that you'd like to share with the shooting galleries people or um or even people that just might be new to you. Is there anything you'd like to share with them before we let you get on with your day today? Just
2: uh, just just come and check us out at the water at September sixteenth. Yep. Um the link is and the ticket link is in the description. Yep. I promise you you won't regret it. We'll fucking blow your socks off. I swear to God, I'll make sure that a drumstick gets thrown (laughs) that's in an audience that someone can catch and take home as the little lady present. There we go. There
0: we go. (laughs) Well, thanks, Brandon, Iggy, Brad, Ross, and Jimmy. Wherever you are out there in the world, uh, re- re- really enjoyed it. It's, I don't mean it made it look like he's passed away, isn't No, I'm just looking. I'm just looking up. Just looking up. <laughs> well, wish you all the best for the future. Uh, we're going to be sharing it all over our gem, and you know the future of the band looks rosy. Good luck at the gig if you're gonna if you're after a ticket. There's a description in the podcast. And yeah, nice one, well, boys. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks again yeah, for joining. Thanks me. very much.
4: Thank, Thank you so much. Here. Take care. Oh,
0: thanks, boys. So a new band in town playing this feeling in September shortly uh, there's a link in the description of this gig as we said about 100 times in the interview uh, if you're in London or if you're new to you know there's, there's a great lineup. by the way let me go through the lineup with you it's on uh, the uh, September the 16th in London the Water Rats Dirty Blunder headlining shooting galleries the Midnight Vortex and Kestrel Palace looks like a good date so if you're in town have a look about so as always ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us for another week here at the RGM HQ with that guy from RGM me and we'll see you again on Monday for a brand new episode of the podcast do delve into the archives of course what else are you going to be doing now eh But yeah just on a serious note there is this shitload in the archives over 115 previous episodes John Cooper Clark Red Run Club Lottery Winners Latham's Paul Gallagher, Sean Ryder. Just have a look in there. There's loads. There's something for everybody. And thank you for joining us again for another amazing week. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. My name's Bean Maloney. Toodle oo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music. And we will saw the rest. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week.
1: Come on,